Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Newspeak, the New Culture Forum's look at the weekly news agenda. I'm joined as ever by Rafe Hedermanku, our senior fellow historian and world broadcaster, and uh, making another visit, pleased to say, Amy Gallagher, who's the lady behind Stand Up to Woke, the campaigner. We're going to be discussing the latest entry into woke capitalism, which is, of course, Costa Coffee, which has at least set social media alight this week. We're going to be considering the prospects for President Trump, uh, particularly in the wake of his indictment this week. And also, we're going to be looking at yet another, what I find just almost surreal case of migrants being put up in luxury apartments in an area of acute homelessness. Um, starting with Costa Coffee, uh, we've covered so many of these things, Amy, but you know, this was, if you could just describe, this was about, wasn't it, a particular illustration. Can you describe what was used? Yeah, I mean, it was a cartoon graphic showing a woman having had a mastectomy, so with mastectomy scars. Yeah. Um, and presumably this is depicting a trans transgender person who's gone through gender reassignment surgery. Yeah. I mean, these cartoons keep popping up in various forms here and there. There was one used in an Oxfam advertisement. Um, there was one used in a Nickelodeon cartoon. They're always done in this kind of very simplistic, childlike cartoon yes. style. Same artists? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. And it's, it, I guess it presents itself as quite naive and innocent, whereas it's anything but, what it's depicting is anything but innocent. Um, and it also, I don't know if they're trying to appeal to children, which is even more egregious. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I guess it's the idea of having transgender people visible, but it's, you know, of course, it has to be a cartoon because if you if you included an actual photograph of some of these surgeries, as we see on Twitter now and again, they're absolutely horrific mm, to look at. Mm. You know, the cartoon sort of downplays or, or hides away the actual, um, you know, how grotesque these surgeries yeah. are, and that, that you know, if you saw saw a person in real life with a mastectomy. Um, you know, following transgender surgery, they're often, they get infections, they're often quite bruised, they're often quite swollen, and they often look very depressed and mm. unhappy. Mm. It, it's how they're presenting it via this cartoon is very disturbing. And it's just very odd. I mean, I think people were so um, shocked by this because Costa is such a big brand. Mm. You know, you have a Costa coffee on every, on every high street, and most people have gone into Costa at some point. And, you know, th the messaging in terms of it, what it's what it what it's conveying to to society at large but also children and young people it's mm. it's very it's very confusing um and it's very disturbing mm. um and you know like i said it's happening more and more and people are so outraged at something that's so not you know not many people go through this surgery mm. it's such a small group and you know it's a very personal thing to go through mm. any surgery is a, a, a very personal and traumatic thing to go through that you would want to normalize or show off any kind of surgery but particularly mm. gender reassignment surgery and mm. have it so openly showed mm. most people say you know what is happening yeah, well, well, why yeah. are these corporations doing this this is actually coke isn't it coke yes, owned, owned yeah oh so somebody said oh this is a yet more american wokery i'm not so sure i was wondering you know does this I mean, this is pretty much happening on, what, once a week at least, isn't it, Rafe? And now, you know, with companies 
Uh, is this just another piece of woke capitalism? Well, yeah, it's, it's woke capitalism writ large again. I mean, it's, ju it's just yet more more evidence of what we saw, for example, with Bud Light. And you sort of wonder when these companies will learn <laughs> that you are going to get a backlash. Mm -hmm. And we've had, you know, the hashtag Costa Coffee trending now. We've had thousands of people signing signatures against Costa Coffee. This has made headlines around the world, including in America and so forth. People who've never heard of Costa Coffee because no. it's a British company. So this is very bad publicity for it. And yet they've doubled down on this. And you sort of yeah. think, haven't you learned the lesson from, 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 from Bud Light? Because you know, Amy's quite correct. This is very disturbing. I think it's grossly <coughs> inappropriate mm. to have this done in cartoon form. Yes, it's less horrific than a mm. photograph. But children's eyes are always attracted towards cartoon images, mm -hmm. and so I don't think it's appropriate for a young child to see mm -hmm. an image like this. I think it's, it's ab absolutely horrific. Uh, you have idiots like the that uh, Labour MP Lloyd, Russell Moyle Lloyd, whatever his name is, mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, well, you don't know wh whether it's trans or whether she's got breast cancer or something." Well, I'm terrible, so we know exactly yeah, the intention, yeah, yeah. and she's got blue hair. If that's not yeah, if that's not a, a warning light mm -hmm. as to what this really is about. And it's distressing to see that this is the glorification of bodily mutilation uh, to young people by the corporate world. I mean, let's mm. not make, make no mistake about it. I have no problem with people who are of the age of maturity, be it, I would say personally 21 or so forth, deciding to go through the surgery. But this is, a, I'm talk, we're talking about young people being influenced mm. here by this. It's being promoted and it's being normalized. But also, I mean, you talk about like a real photograph. Mm. I'm shocked, you know, when you see young people on Twitter, social media, really proudly showing off these scars and saying, I mean, yeah. as you said, why would you do that? Even if you really genuinely and sincerely wanted to go through this procedure, why is it, this shows, I've cut off this, this terrible sort of femininity that yeah. I have, you know, mm. I think it's, it's just uh, appalling. Yeah, it's it's very disturbing that, that it does feel like a. I mean, I know it's not. I know it's been said before, but it does very much feel like a social contagion, and I guess they're having to get. You know, they're having to get other people to validate that they've done the right thing. Yeah. You know, they're having to get people's approval, and 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 and, and, and unfortunately, they do. They get people. This is what. So you know, our society does say, yeah, it's great. You know, so it's this weird. You've got this weird unholy alliance between kind of, you know, capitalism and woke ideology. And then social media, and they're all feeding into each other. Do you and the, and, and the, the, the issue here is it's, it's, it's the messaging here again towards young people because when you're young, going through puberty or in your te early teenage years, yeah. people often despise their bodies. Yeah. You know, boys mm. and girls, mm. but particularly girls, they judge themselves. And if they are questioning their identity, if they're going through a tomboy phase or whatever, and before that, you know, you would just mm. either you would grow out mm. of it or you would end up when you're an adult mm. deciding, you know, that you're going to go, th you'd go through the surgery. But this is just basically saying if you don't like something about your body, just cut it off, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. so damaging for someone who's going through those sorts of, you know, hormonal changes in their, in their teenage years. Although the interesting thing actually about this is apparently trans people are um, less and less likely to actually have genital uh, surgery. Yeah, because I think more yeah. people are speaking out about the complications that happen afterwards. Mm. It's, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's, it's a surgery that leads to very poor outcomes yeah. and, and a lifelong of pain and infections and so on. I remember um, in the old days, I used to hear people say, oh, I think he's had the chop or something mm. like that, you know, meaning, yes. you know, but the, the, the apparently they didn't do that. Do you know, do you know, you said it's that you're talking about a small amount of people. Do you personally know anyone who's trans? I do, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, what, an established, but you know, like someone who did it a long time ago or quite recently? My, my father's cousin, 
30, 40 years ago. Really? And also uh, an, another relation of mine also has, is, is, is married to one, right. uh, which is very interesting because completely straight chap, had, yeah. a, had a wife pre prior to that and was surprised to us all that they got married. But, you know, a perfectly civil person, very charming, and uh, I, I've met them many times and got on perfectly well with them, which is why I don't have an, a, a, any problem at no, all no. with people going through that, because they're, they're, they're both of them that I've met are absolutely lovely people and charming. It's just the question of children, mm. people below the age of 21, I think. That's the problem that I have. It's uh, not, not unlike Jan Morris and the writer Jan Morris, you know. Yeah, I've often s cited Jan Morris as being mm. the quintessential type of image that I always had of somebody who mm. went through a brave struggle but was perfectly civilized and respectable mm. and didn't have an agenda to advance and simply wanted to live their own life and was quite clearly happy in her own skin when she changed from being Jan Morris being a very famous historian and travel writer who wrote mm. a very good trilogy on the British Empire mm. and uh, well, yeah, lived a perfectly happy mm. life as a, as a woman. Mm. Do you, do you, you, you well do it's you interesting because I work in mental health and I, I'm seeing a lot of people who call themselves trans or have different pronouns to what you'd expect but they, I, I have I very rarely meet anyone that's actually been through the transition surgery. Trans now seems to become this amorphous term which can mean anything and a lot mm. of the people that I meet a lot of the patients that I treat, they describe themselves as trans, but they don't, they don't have an official diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Mm. It's become this fashionable thing, which is why these cartoons are so concerning, because it, it's, sort of, it's representing this thing as this, the surgery, which is the very last resort mm. to long-standing gender dysphoria. Mm. It, it, you know, and it's, it's just putting it up there, you know, you're seeing someone just drinking coffee like it's nothing and it, that it's perfectly normal. Yeah. Whereas it's something that would, would ordinarily be the absolute last resort to mm. mental distress. And it's, mm. not, it's not something anybody would want to be in and a situation that you'd want to be in. Did you see Matt Walsh's uh, documentary? Yeah, yeah. What is it, it was called What is a Woman, I think, wasn't it? The one that, I think, 100 million views or yeah. something. Just absolutely fascinating about this. But again, it was about... Uh, you know, when you think of children, young people, you know, what, what, what is the incentive behind people pushing this to young people? I mean, you know, some people on Twitter are very, very sort of like, you know, they're absolutely clear about this is evil. What, you know, there will be a reckoning one day. Um, and then you have people like Andrew Neil coming out just today, actually, on Twitter saying, I've always ignored this and now I'm, I'm a turf, you know, which is trans exclusionary radical feminists, in other words, people who don't believe in any of this stuff or believe that there are two sexes, you know. Um, well, the, the issue I have as well is that you, you've taken something which was a very tiny proportion of the population, a very yes. niche, some people who've gone through a real struggle, now it's becoming a fad. Yeah. And you're seeing that not only with young people, there are also people that are older than that. And that's another great concern I have, is this sudden explosion of people claiming to be trans and you think, Clearly, you're not. Clearly, this is a, a mental struggle you're going through, and there are other issues at, at play here. And it's this whole idea that this is now some a, a fashion more than anything else. I find extremely distasteful and disturbing. Do you think? Sorry, I mean, it's just uh, one of the the uh, usual sort of uh, mantras actually that's put forward in this situation is that people are born in the wrong body. Do you basically disagree with that idea? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, I thought about it, it doesn't make sense from any perspective. I don't, I don't know how, if you think of it biologically or neurochemically, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You, your brain can't be in the wrong body. And it also has some weird kind of spiritual religious dimension because who made the decision to mm. put you in your body? What, uh, what are you? Mm. <laughs> we are our bodies, we are our bodies, that's yeah. what we are. 
Um, so there's no, I can't think of any psychological or any kind of perspective where that could make sense apart from some strange kind of paganism where you believe that your soul pre-existed before the body yes. and then God got it wrong. I don't yes, know. Yes, exactly. I remember Philip Kisley's making that point about transgender souls. Yes. Do, you, do you think someone can be born in the wrong body? I don't think someone can be born in the wrong body, but I think, t for me, uh, the science has to ultimately be the uh, final arbiter of this. And we know now that homosexuals have a different brain to heterosexuals when it comes to the hypothalamus, right? Mm -hmm. We know that um, uh, pedophiles have a different shaped brain to a, to a normal person. Uh, we also know the same thing for psychopaths, for example, they have a different element in the brain. So what I really want to see is what does the trans brain look like mm -hmm. and is the trans brain different from uh, those, uh, those three other types and also is it different from a mm -hmm. more heterosexual brain. Once I see that, then they'll say that there's a scientific justification. Until I see that, I'll think that it's a mental issue. Actually, that seems to, I think that will come as a surprise to a lot of people, this idea of different brains. Yeah, but that's, that, but that's, very, that's, that's why I think so, there is a medical scientific basis for the, all the other things I've, told, I've spoken about. The trans one, I haven't yet seen any evidence. But the difference with this one, if there is such a thing as a, a neurochemistry around trans, the solution, you know, I, I think if the, the problem is in the brain, the solution's in the brain or the, in the mind, whereas this is the only one that where the solution is to change the body, you, yeah, you know, mm. absolutely. which mm. is what's so bizarre about mm. it. Yeah. Um, what, what is the difference? I mean, you say there's between a gay brain, is it where I just Well, the, hy the hypothalamus uh, is more on a on a homosexual male is closer to the hypothalamus on a heterosexual woman, so it's smaller right. in size. Um, unless you're a London taxi driver, then it's larger. <laughs> but they have larger hypothalamuses. No, it's a fact. Really? Ta taxi drivers have larger hypothalamus because of doing the knowledge. Oh. And and so it's something that actually grows, so it's not innate. Um, well, yeah, you, you could, it can go if, you, if you're a taxi driver, but pe most people who are born with it have a different sized one. Same thing with um, being, um, what was I saying now? <laughs> Gosh, I lost my train of thought. When you are a psychopath, psychopaths yes. also, they have a very different sized brain. And the chap who discovered this in America, he was uh, alarmed to discover that he had it himself, that he was a psychopath. And he said, I'm so thankful that I had a, a decent childhood, otherwise I would have turned out very differently. And then also pedophiles has now been also been proven that they also have... Uh, uh, so, so a difference in the brain and so it goes back to this whole issue of nature versus nurture yeah. how much is it of both and I think the answer is it's a combination of both so as with a psychopath a psychopath well there are many psychopaths in society, society but those who were sexually abused or came from domestically broken homes tend to be the ones who then become violent murderous psychopaths right. so it's a combination of having that predisposition that brain or genetic predisposition and then having it triggered by things that happened in your childhood. Do, 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 do psychotherapists take any of this on board? I mean, do they work from that basis at what, all? Or neurochemistry? Yes. Not usually, no. Every, I've, I mean, a lot of modalities split up, and this is why the this, I mean, this is why teaching's so poor, because right. they, they silo off their particular uh, modality, and you don't get taught. I mean, yeah. now you just get taught ideology anyway, but it, biology and all of these other factors often do get excluded. Not all the time, but mm. in, in lots of psychotherapy mm. trainings where you, you know, it's just yeah, that those things aren't taken into consideration. But I think we've, I think with the, the born in the wrong body thing, there's been a shift from, I feel I was, I feel I'm in the wrong body to I am in the wrong body, mm. as though that's a fact. Mm. Whereas if someone, you know, someone says, I feel that I'm in the wrong body, you can, try to understand why they feel that way when they started to feel that way you can help them think differently about 
that, that feeling or try to understand it. But when somebody's saying, I absolutely was born in the wrong body, it's almost like you, the only option is surgery because the body is the problem and that's that. Yes. So what yeah. else can you do? Yes. Um, and then you've got the people saying, you know, that, that I was always, you know, the, the doctor assigned me the wrong sex at birth and all of these crazy well, that's ideas. Uh, that's what strikes most people as being just, you know, the com utter, completely ridiculous, this idea that somehow you're assigned quite in an arbitrary way sex, you know, instead of having the baby held up and smacked and, the, oh, it's obviously a boy. And, boys are bigger in the womb generally all of this sort of stuff you know yeah. it's, it's just a denial it seems ratty just one, one, one more point on this um, you know you, you're talking about people that you knew and everything and, and how they were very nice do you think though that what's happening with this way in which this is this issue is panning out is that people's attitudes are hardening I, 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 I almost feel that mine are I mean I would once have been utterly fine you know I mean when I've met trans uh, guys, you know, trans women, um, call them madam, blah, 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 all of that. And it's, you know, being curt, you know, just simply showing courtesy. Whereas now I find that my, my hand is being forced. I'm less likely to. Yeah, quite understandably. And that's a danger here, I think, because whether it's the trans issue, whether it's tolerance of other races, there are so many areas now where there's a growing level of intolerance because people just feel that they're constantly being attacked and you have minority yeah. beliefs, mm. minority values being put upon you and suppressing majoritarian free thinking belief and so forth. So it's a natural reaction to have. And that's why I think we have to be conscious of that and be aware of that and say, look, there are actually not everybody are the, the loud vocal voices that we see screaming with blue hair mm. and their breasts cut off walking topless. There are lots of decent people around in this world who don't subscribe to all of this, who go to church every Sunday and live perfectly normal lives, who are embarrassed and shocked uh, by what they see as well, as much as we are. Yes, exactly. I don't always remember uh, 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 April Ashley. I don't know if anyone remembers April Ashley, but you know, she was the first sort of very public case, uh, 1960s, and went and married a lord, I believe. Uh, you know, but again, transsexual, she had the full operation and everything. It's quite different. Um, Trump, sorry, there's no particular, <laughs> that's a non sequitur. Um, but Trump this week uh, has, well, this, this week's greatest ever kind of indictment, um, Rafe. Uh, is this a, a is this is the end or is this yet another opportunity for Donald Trump? Oh, it's never the end for Donald no, Trump, no, you know. No. I mean, even if he's convicted, you can still run for president from prison. So there's nothing yeah. to stop him from running for, and you know, if he becomes president in prison, he can just pardon himself yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, I mean, this is just further evidence that of this two-tiered system we now have. I mean, mm. the, the level of corruption uh, in, the, in the Biden administration and the abuse of power and the use increasingly of the Department of Justice, almost like a wing of the Democratic Party, I think is utterly indefensible. That's not to say that, you know, I've, you know I, I, I'm a huge admirer of Trump's policies in government, foreign policy and the war on woke and immigration and so forth. But I, I have issues with him personally, his character flaws. And I think he's behaved badly post, uh, post leaving office. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a vendetta against him. Both of those things can be true. And what we've seen is incredible incredible bias from from the government there i mean we're talking about you know he's been been being charged for things his first indictment was hush money being paid to stormy daniels 
Uh, now that's that's a felony in this in, in this in this case where it should be a misdemeanor. Even Democrat lawyers agree it should be a misdemeanor. When Hillary Clinton was paying for a dossier into Trump's uh, Russian alleged Russian contacts, she was only fined eight thousand dollars. When when she was um, holding classified documents on her server, whilst Trump now has a felony charge on this issue. Uh, she was guilty under the Espionage Act, and um, Comey, the head of the FBI, said that even though she had violated it, she had no intent, and so she wouldn't be charged, even though intent is not in the Espionage Act. You've got, you know, uh, classified documents found on Joe Biden, in Joe Biden's house. Mm. Nothing has been done about that. We're still waiting to see what's the action going to be taken on that front. We even have millions of dollars in bribes allegedly being paid to Hunter Biden, his son, and to Joe mm -hmm. Biden from U Ukrainian and, uh, sources and allegedly also from, from China. Um, where, has, where, where has that gone? Where is the investigation into that? And you also have uh, Hunter Biden's business associates saying 10% goes to the big guy, meaning Joe Biden. No investigation of all this. It absolutely stinks that what we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you, do, I mean, do you, what's your view on Trump, actually? Do you, is there, uh, you know, you're sort of smiling <laughs> in that wry way. But I mean, uh, I would say most people I know have your kind of view, which yes, is yes. that actually he's sort of our man, but you just sort of find sometimes, oh, please, you know, it just, just you know, and particularly since he, you know, the, what, the way he's behaved in the past year or so. Uh, what I would say is that with this thing, okay, there's an indictment, going on but before that I couldn't work out quite why he was always banging on about this past election you, yeah. you, you think that there would be so just leave it you yeah. know go you know leave it and go f look forward you know yeah I thought that as well I and mean, that's kind of what's put me off him a bit I think I mean I quite I feel like Rafe I, I liked a lot of his policies you know quite a lot of them um, I didn't like the way he, you know his rhetoric sometimes but I thought that he was kind of a, a sort of a wrecking ball that was potentially needed uh, you sort of use with caution kind of thing um, the, 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 apparently women are particularly really find him hard to take oh i don't <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no no i'm sorry I'm not, it sounds so like yeah. i'm asking you as a woman no you know, i know no that's okay um yeah no i mean i think he, he was needed because the other mm. side was so you know and he, he he did get things done i mean we're still experiencing you know some of the decisions that have been made in Sub supreme court with regards to affirmative action which was you know um undone mm. was because he you know he, the people that he put in the supreme court so he has done some good um i guess i was I was quite keen on about six months ago. I was quite keen on Ron DeSantis um, in that he had a lot of kind of Trump's policies, but was a lot calmer, a lot more presidential. But unfortunately, it seems like that campaign is well almost bit the dust yeah, now. Yes, not is, going which anywhere. Which is really it? disappointing. Yes, I think what's interesting about what, what he's facing now is that first of all, you'll be able to confirm this. Sorry, uh, as I understand it, he's not on the kind of charge of uh, inciting insurrection. That that's not you know that's not actually up this time. But he will be facing a jury in the Washington district, which is therefore going to be almost solidly Democrat. It's That's like right. 96. I think, I think the 14th Amendment of the Constitution yes. or article says that uh, insurrection is one of the promoting insurrection is the reason not to run for president. I mean, it's a it's a yes. bar against that so that's a, that may actually be one of the reasons why you're seeing him being charged with all of this so that the case could actually be made for this mm -hmm. so never underestimate the democrats skullduggery on all of this mm -hmm. it's also the timing of this is right they've had they've had four years mm -hmm. or three years 
to do this. They're doing it now, knowing full well that the trial will start next year mm -hmm. in the middle of the election campaign, where it was time to do the most damage to Trump's mm -hmm. campaign. And as you say, he, the Trump is not going to get a fair hearing in Washington, D.C., yeah. which is 94% Democrat. Yes, yeah. So how can you get a fair trial from a, from a jury there? I mean, it, the whole thing is, is completely stacked against him. And of course, let's remember, He's already spent $40 million on his legal campaign. He's raising funds, but he's hemorrhaging funds just as fast. Will he have a sufficient pot to actually run his presidential campaign, given how expensive this is? There are lots of questions there. It's beginning to have an effect on his poll ratings. So he was standing at 76% approval rating. Now it's gone amongst down to Republicans. Amongst Republicans. Now it's gone down to 56%, which really? is quite a big drop. Mm. But he's still a good 30 or 40 points ahead mm. of his next closest rival. So he's still by far the front runner. He's absolutely going to win the nomination. I have little doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. And actually, he's running neck and neck with Joe Biden. You know, they're both at 34% each, I think, with a lot of undecideds there. Mm. Now, that's what, of course, why we're seeing this action now by the Democrats. Yeah. But one last thing I want to say is just look at this in terms of timings, if people don't believe me about the dead Democrats mm. working hand in hand with the Department of Justice. On June the 7th, the FBI released documents to Congress alleging the Bidens took a $10 million bribe. The next day, Trump was indicted on the Mar-a-Lago case. On July 26, Hunter Biden went to court after it was revealed that the Department of Justice tried to give him immunity from future prosecutions because he was the president's son. The next day, more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. And then finally, on July the 31st, Hunter Biden's former business partner testifies to Congress that Joe Biden was on over 20 phone calls with his son's Ukrainian business partners. Mm. The next day, Trump was indicted for the January the 6th insurrections. Now, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 it's not. The point is that America is such now, and in fact, I think we're not far behind, probably even the same, where none of this makes any difference to whether you are a Democrat or Republican anymore. Mm. And I mean, so what, 74 million people voted for Trump? They think he walks on water. You know, and I mean, basically, I, I think Pete Sands a very good chance of winning, don't you think? Yes, well, but as we see from the polls, right, we have 34% for Biden, 34% mm. for America, for Trump. So America's very, two-thirds of America is very divided, but there's still one-third in between who aren't. Yeah. And they're up, they're up for play. Yeah, yeah it's just, um, it's like a soap opera, isn't it? I mean, American mm. politics has become so depressing. And the obsession with Trump, they've been, the Democrats have been obsessed with him all the way through Joe Biden's presidency. You know, they mm. could have just let him alone. But it's just all this mudslinging constantly and distraction. It, it's like, I don't know if it's because Biden is himself so uninspiring that they have to, you know, direct all their passion towards Trump. It's, it's very odd, but it's, I mean, it's just going to go on and on, isn't it? And it's I think that they've got, they've got a form of derangement syndrome, actually, Trump mm. derangement syndrome. And, uh, you know, and also I sort of find my reaction, actually, to Biden is like a lot of people talked about with Trump and their reaction. I find it hard even to look at the man, yeah. Biden. Hard even to look at him. Um, the most left-wing president, the most left-wing administration you know, that America's ever seen. Um, when you get a president getting up and saying things like the biggest threat facing America is white supremacy thing, I just, how is that even allowed to stand? You know? Well, and also the most anti-British mm. president in history mm. as well, who we know openly despises despises Britain or always remember his his mother slept on the floor of a hotel when she was told that the Queen had slept in one of the bedrooms. 
really. And yet there's no, criti you know, he, he seems to evade criticism. There's nothing like then the media has, you, you don't see any kind of Biden derangement syndrome because he's just sort of, you know, he's not even got the... He's deranged enough. Well, he's deranged enough, yeah, good point. <laughs> well, but, he's, you, you know, I feel the same way as you, that how can this man be president? You know, some of the things he's saying and doing, I mean, he's mm. clearly not well, he's cl mm. but, but beyond that, he's so corrupt. And he's saying outland you, you, things that are more outlandish, I think, than Trump has ever said mm. and done. Mm. And yet, there's you know the, the, the you know the disparity between the way media react to Trump and Biden is just you, you know well, because they're cut from the same cloth. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they you know they basically like what Biden stands for. Uh, simple as that, and that's been the case with all Republican. Mm -hmm. I mean, all Republican candidates. And that's why I think the Department of Justice is actually acting like the Democrat Party's wing, because they actually think they're doing a public service here. Yeah, they yeah, think he's yeah. so dangerous, mm. Trump, if he was re-elected, that they must do whatever they can do to uh, bring him down. And do you know, do you remember before the pandemic, cast your minds back, before the pandemic, right, no foreign wars under Trump, right, the economy was going you know, gangbusters, wasn't it? It was extraordinary, right? That all went down the Swanee, basically, during the pandemic. So it was actually, and then wonderful speeches of why we should have things such as a, a national memorial park for our statues. One of the things, it sounds trivial, but uh, if any of you out there love architecture, one of the pettiest things the Biden administration did was they repealed this idea, uh, the, the bill that had gone forward to make sure that all government buildings in Washington were built in this beautiful classical Georgian style. That, that was a Trump thing. And they just got kind of got rid of that. But that notwithstanding, it was going well. I mean, it was going well. Um, it was a successful presidency, you know. Well, all I can say is expect the unexpected. Had it not been for COVID, Trump would have been re-elected, absolutely. Yes, yes. The economy yes. was going fine. Had it not been for COVID, I'm pretty sure we would have two to three more terms of the Tory government in this country too. Yeah. COVID brought down Boris Johnson, COVID brought down Trump, and we're left with the world that we're in now, right now. Yes. Would it be, um, historically, would it be a, new, uh, a first if he is elected like having had an intermission? I've, I've oh, good question, actually. I, uh, my historian's brain I, is, I've is got failing a feeling me on that. I've I can't probably, remember. At least in modern history. I, I think there may have been an, uh, another case of it, but I have to. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that, that in yeah, itself it's, it's, it's rare, isn't it? I, yeah. I think it, there might have been one example, but uh, it's not, yeah, as you said, not in recent history. No, no, it's um, Because if they're popular the first year, then they're usually, you know, uh, they usually go through to the, sec the second term, I mean, rather. I think the one thing that is very uh, worrying is that if he wins or if Biden wins, somewhere you know whichever whichever one of them wins if it is biden uh, i can't see there not being some kind of civil commotion of some sort i just you know america is so completely it seems intractably you know divided yeah. it's going to feel a bit like deja vu isn't it it's kind of like oh we're going to see all the you know repeat of the last election well again. i think and you know if trump if he trump does get the nomination he, he loses he'll say the same thing that the, well, the stolen yes. election you know it's, it's i think more than that actually i'm just thinking along the lines of the blm oh yeah civil disorder mm. actually that's what i'm thinking of yeah I, mean, I think it's more important now than ever that trump wins if trump yeah. wins if Trump gets the nomination, yes. whoever gets the nomination, it's Trump that he wins because the Biden administration is such a disaster. But I also want Trump to win if it is Trump that gets the nomination in order to actually put the noses out of joint of all those on the left who thought they scored a victory when mm. Biden was elected. Mm. They didn't score a victory there. It was COVID that did it in. Mm. Had it not been for COVID, mm. the American public would absolutely 
have re-elected Trump, and whoever was president during a COVID outbreak would have lost that election. Uh, third, we're gonna, third thing we're going to talk about actually is is one of those cases about uh, illegal migrants, which you know when you come up with these issues to talk about as we do, you know you sort of think, oh God, haven't we done that? And yes, we have but it keeps on happening. And you might say, well, is it ever going to change? Well, you have to keep highlighting it. I mean, in this particular case, there's one that's almost surreal. Um, uh, Rafe, I think you know more of the details, but basically a, a block of uh, luxury apartments uh, given over to illegal migrants uh, when there was extraordinary amount of homelessness or people on homeless waiting lists in that area. This is an appalling story. This is in Chelmsford in, in Essex where I think it's a 98-unit, multi-million-pound luxury apartment complex. Apparently, the loveliest luxury apartment building recently built in Chelmsford is being given over by the Home Office. No, not the council. The council don't want this. The Home Office have requisitioned it to house illegal, illegal migrants, mind you. Mind. These are illegal migrants. Meanwhile, you have hundreds of people in Essex living in substandard, low-quality housing, suffering from mold and other respiratory mm -hmm. problems. Who are wait on waiting lists to get improved improved housing quality housing places, and they're playing second fiddle here. You would have thought, at the very least, you might do a swap, right, and move them. Um, but whereas, of course, we know that they shouldn't be they shouldn't be in any luxury housing at all. They shouldn't be in any hotels either. We now have fifty thousand migrants staying in hotels, which is decimating the economies of seaside towns, for mm -hmm. example, because no one can stay overnight in these places. So all of the amusement arcades, the restaurants are suffering because of this. this. Uh, and you've also, of course, got people not wanting to visit these mm. places. You know, we were in Norwich recently for a uh, NCF Locals event. I went the next day to Great Yarmouth, which I'd never been to before, to see what it was like. And I was shocked to see the number of asylum seekers just walking around the streets. And it's very off-putting and intimidating if you were a tourist yeah. to these places. Mm. They should all be going into migrant camps, something I've been saying for years. The government has now bought tents to house 2,000 illegal migrants. They should be housing all of them. There's plenty of space and you can easily build the sorts of huts that the British Army were living in. And my own family, after the Second World War, the Polish officers and army and soldiers who had fought in the Second World War couldn't go back to communist Poland because it was so brutal and they lost all their properties. And so for years they lived in these migrant camps. And my mother's cousins actually got married by a Catholic priests really? in a migrant camp and they were very happy like that. Now the conditions today, technology today, is much more advanced than then. So if it was good enough for our Battle of Britain Polish fighter pilots, I don't see why it yes, can't exactly. be good enough for yeah. migrants today. I mean, this is almost like like a, I, I think it's almost an insult actually to you know the population, British population. I think it's an utter insult. Yeah, when I when I first saw this story, I thought this has got to be a kind of an exaggeration of the mm. right wing press. I thought, God, it can't be, it can't really be happening. Um, it, it's just extra. I mean, the, the argument that, that you know that the people that champion um, you know how these this, these kind of policies are, you know, it's always the people on the left who care who. Who care about you know women, um, you know ethnic minorities, uh, and you know legal migrants and uh, first generation immigrants, and these are all the people that will be affected, and for whom this story will sting the most because they are the people who are living in you know substandard accommodation, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all of the you know they will be looking at this and feel absolutely humiliated. Yeah, you know yeah. even even legal migrants or even you know anybody really. I mean, I was looking at those apartments. I mean, my, I mean, it was nicer than my flat, to be honest. I mean, it's like, mm. ha it's just a, like you said, it's like a slap in the face. It's almost like, is this a joke? You, you can't, 
quite believe it. And it, it is the working class and the poor for whom this is you know, humiliate. It's like that they're, they're being humiliated by this. Yes, it, it does seem like a form of. It almost seems uh, deliberate. I mean, that's not a conspiratorial, I know, but. Uh, I, I remember it from some interviews that we've done he here, um, people talking about the gradual drift in our political thinking amongst our political class from, you know, charity beginning at home, a feeling of welfare being a national thing to being an international mm. thing. So uh, Namibia will always trump Nuneaton, as it were, you know, and uh, that's why it always seems, oh, no, no, you know, actually, you know, I feel that my sympathy should be with the world. Uh, do you think that's what's behind this kind of just tinier doesn't even begin to cover it? I think it's was. I think it's. I think that's absolutely part of it. I also think it's just it's just a government that has lost touch with reality and doesn't mm -hmm. really understand that there are other ways to deal with this. You know, you don't you don't find the French dealing with it this way. Mm -hmm. Look, they had a campus at Sankit. Uh, in Calais, there are people living in shanty towns, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think people in in the West and in Britain fail to realise the living conditions that a lot of these people are coming from. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're living in corrugated iron huts in you know a lot of these places. They're in shanty towns, so for them, living in a tent here or living on a barge is actually a luxury, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, I think we need to actually realize that that the squalor from which they're coming in even if you're putting them into a run-down terribly moldy one-star hotel that's still an improvement for them yeah. are you do you do you actually have any personal experience of these are you near one of these hotels or I, I know that where I live in Windsor apparently Datchet next door has now got a hotel for the migrants have you ever mm, no, had I, I mean the thing is, is it's it's essentially you know they are what it's 98% young men isn't it you know? yeah. and you see on social media these you know, films of people tearing up, don't you, their passport, or tearing up their papers and saying, and still we have to go along with this narrative, don't we, of uh, these people, you know, basically striving to get out of persecution and all the rest of it. Yeah, when you can fly here for a, a fraction of the price yes. that it costs Ridiculous. to pay these illegal smugglers, and we are talking about a fighting age army, yeah. and you know, and a fighting age army don't need hotel rooms, right? Yeah. You can put them very much, I would actually like to see old cruise ships requisitioned, have everyone put onto cruise ships, when the cruise ships get filled enough, off you go to the Ascension Island, one of the British overseas territory. Forget Rwanda, we have our own islands, have a processing center there. And I'm sorry, an, an Ascension Island with the wind howling in, that'll be a deterrent within, within a space of a few weeks to stop the numbers coming over. And our government is too lily-livered to do anything about it. The Australians did it with Nauru. I don't see why we can't do it with, yeah. uh, with Ascension Island. And also, why can't we just, we've got about 8,000 veterans, right, sleeping rough, that mm. includes Homeless, sleeping rough also includes on people's sofas and such like. Why can't you put our veterans into one of these nice hotels? Yeah, you never, you never see stories like that, do you? Yeah. I mean, the, the, those, I mean, especially in COVID, you saw, you know, you were thinking there was loads of empty flats and you could have helped people yeah. out by moving people into luxury apartments so that they could isolate, yeah. but none of that was done. Yeah. It's, it's only this particular group. I wonder, you know, when, when do you think, just by conclusion, when do you think people, what would make people really angry. I mean, people get angry. It happened, did it not, up in uh, near Liverpool, you know, uh, not that long ago, and there were a group of people were very, very angry with, uh, a, you know, basically a settlement of illegal migrants. But essentially, you know, they're always tired as being of the far right, aren't they? So this is maybe what stops people actually getting, uh, protesting about this more? That they, you know, they, they know they're going to be sort of seen as being 
fascists and things. Well, we saw that, didn't we? In Liverpool, right? When we had people yeah. in Liverpool protesting this, the most left-wing city after yeah. Brighton, yeah. and uh, they were labelled as far-right. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. You know, yes. I mean, quite remarkable. It's, it's, it's terrible. But uh, anyway, uh, that will be something we re revisit on a regular basis, I'm afraid. Um, and uh, oh, in fact, actually, more and more as the election approaches, uh, because uh, the Tories are going to start saying all sorts of sweet things, aren't they? Ray, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Amy. Lovely to see you again. Uh, that's it from Newsweek this week. We shall see you next time. Bye-bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.